Yo, Nick, are you down? I don't know, Lucas. I'm not not down. Are you down? Not not down. And welcome to the Not Not Down podcast. My name is Lucas Huerta. And my name is Nick Winnicky. Does it get annoying that we do it that way every single time? No, I think it's consistency is what the subscribers like the most. It's, we're consistent in our inconsistency. Oh, you're right. Because <laughs> we are so consistent with everything we do. We're going to rename our podcast The Consistency Podcast. And we're just going to do the same thing every single episode. Yeah, see, that sounds extremely fucking boring, and that is the opposite of what being not not down is, but, you know, whatever. We're going to make as few mistakes as possible. That's what we're going to do. We're going to consistently not mess up, but we'll see how that goes, because we actually have a couple of clear the errors. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about not messing up. Yeah, well, eh, that's what editing's for, right? But bringing us in, this is episode 19. (laughs) This is going to be one of the best episodes I think we've ever put out. I'm really excited. we got a good guest coming on later in the show. And Lucas, we've had a big week. We did. We had a fun week. Yeah, we had a fun week. We had a great weekend. All right, but you know, before we jump into that, let's clear the air with some stuff, and then we can talk about our, our Friendsgiving misadventures. I actually do have clear the airs, but you go ahead and start us off. Okay, so we had one of our friends like over the weekend reached out to Lucas and I and they had some clear the errors for us about episode 17. So this was like back a couple episodes. But the first one that I thought was really interesting is they brought up like like we very briefly kind of discussed the the Johnny Depp situation where he got kicked off uh, that Harry Potter movie because of his marital affair stuff so our our friend reached out to us and they were telling us about kind of the other side of the story so they were saying that they're kind of siding with johnny depp because his wife amber heard or ex-wife whatever she is now she had a whole bunch of pretty terrible things that she did like on tape she admitted to physically abusing him and i don't know just just being like pretty slimy on her end and then like warner brother was definitely just like the studio that makes harry potter was just trying to cover their ass and they just dumped johnny depp and then our friend also told us that there's now this like big petition to get amber heard off of aquaman 2 because i i haven't seen the aquamans but apparently she's like one of the main characters yeah i mean you know i tried to describe it to the best of my ability but the articles that i read seemed like it was a mutual thing like they were both mutually destructive in their relationship and it wasn't very one-sided and i i don't know the complete ruling on the case but i think the judge even was like you both are at fault here it's not one person did more like you both need to figure your life out yeah also aren't they like 40 like shouldn't you have your life figured out at this point no they're freaking adults yeah we think we're adults but they're even more adults they've been on this earth longer i know oh my goodness well that was, that was my first clear the air do you have another one because i have another like it's it's not really a clear the air it's just kind of a, a funny observation that our friend made Yeah, well, on the Johnny Depp subject from last episode was I guessed that 
I heard previously that Johnny Depp was the actor who spent a shit ton of money on wine, and he actually was. Oh. There was a Rolling Stone article back in, like, summer of 2018, pretty much just throwing so much shade towards Johnny Depp and his spending habits, the life he lives, all of his relationships, and... and I think he decided to sue, but in that lawsuit, they decided to pull all of his financial records and spending. And so it turns out he spent $30,000 a month on wine alone, which is just an absurd amount of money just to spend on wine. That's insane. So he's spending $300,000 a year on wine. That's a lot. So some of the things he spent his money on, his $650 million fortune um, was on sprawling mansions, old guitars, Andy Warhol artwork, designer yeah. clothes, luxury cars, private jets, a 40-strong entourage, a cluster of islands in the Bahamas, ooh, must be nice, and vintage wine. And his argument, which was uh, said in the Wall Street Journal, was that it's my money. If I want to buy 15,000 cotton balls a day, it's my thing. Okay, the point I want to make is why do you need 40 people in your entourage? That sounds like an absurdly large entourage. Like you you need like an entire bus to like drive everyone around. Wouldn't you get like annoyed of all those people like being around? I would. I'd be like switching that entourage. I'd be replacing it with different people left and right. I'd be like, all right. Done with you. Done with you. Everyone just taking their turn. <laughs> taking their turn. And then I'm like, everyone leave. I need my alone time. Yeah. You'd essentially have like an entire football team like following you around and you'd have to like swap them out. <laughs> but it's like, that's insane. How much wine do you need? I know wine's good. You know, it's fun to drink here and there. But like, how much time do you, you don't even have enough time in the day to drink all of that in a month before the next shipment comes. Okay, well, it's probably because he had an entourage of 40 people and every single dude was drinking a bottle of wine a day or something like that. That's another thing. If I had all the money in the world to purchase alcohol, I would still tell my entourage, buy your own fucking wine. I'm not going to buy your wine. What do you think this is? This isn't your... Okay, honestly, at this point, I now kind of want to be part of Johnny Depp's entourage. And since it's so big, I feel like we, you and I could just like sneak in the back. Like we'd just be like in the corner of Johnny Depp's entourage. And there'd be so many people, we could probably get away with it. We would just have to play it cool, though. We couldn't be too excited. We couldn't be jumping around. We'd have to keep a low profile. This is kind of reminding me of the conversation we had with my sister. If she were to invite me with her to, like, all those cool mansion parties with the rappers and stuff, you couldn't just be, like, our normal Waldorf self. No way. You'd have to play it cool, low profile. Don't take your phone out. Just act unnoticed. Be invisible. I know. Which I'm not really good at, but I try. I mean, we'd probably be able to get away with it for a while, but then one night we'd just get a little bit too slurped and people would start asking like, wait a minute, who who are those two idiots? Like, how did did they get in here? Yeah, (laughs) we would (laughs) stick out like a sore thumb for sure. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I mean, all right. So on this topic of wine, this is the, the other thing that our friend mentioned to us. But in episode 17, there's a portion of the episode where Lucas opens a bottle of wine. And he's like, oh, this is a pretty good bottle of wine. And then I respond, eh, it's not that great. And then Lucas then responds to that immediately like, yeah, this wine is trash. And at the moment, I didn't (laughs) notice it at all. But our friend brought it up. I thought it was pretty funny that as soon as I said I didn't like the wine, Lucas like just kind of agreed with it. Well, because, yeah, we're adults and we think we're wine connoisseurs, but... 
I'm still at a point where I don't know what good wine tastes like. I couldn't tell you a shitty bottle of wine from a good bottle of wine. So what's the other clear okay. air you got? So the other clear the air is I wanted to do a little bit of research, which by research, I mean a Google search mm -hmm. with a couple words Sounds of legit. why Mark Wahlberg replaced Shia LaBeouf in Transformers. Oh, yeah. Okay. In the last Transformers movie. And so it turns out, so essentially the last movie was a new aspect of the Transformers comic. It was the introduction of Dinobots. Which, I don't know, I mean, I'm not going to go into the history and the comics of Dinobots and why, how they original, blah, 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 you know, like, I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. We'd be here for days and I'd have to edit everything. Okay, honestly, I don't really care. So, if you give me the synopsis, exactly. that'd be awesome. Basically, they're massive robots whose transformed appearance are that of dinosaurs. Cool. So, this is pretty much from my source. Maybe I'll state my source, but... Just know that it's not me. I didn't type this up. These Dinobots are 50 times the size of the average Transformer, which puts a damper on the quote-unquote good guys. When Michael Bay, obviously the director, mm -hmm. was asked why he wanted Mark Wahlberg to replace Shia LaBeouf in Transformers 4 Age of Extinction as the main character, he responded by saying that the only way to make one more installment work was to recreate the entire storyline. Bay also chose an older actor because he did not want viewers comparing another young star to Shia LaBeouf. Quote unquote, he's like magic lightning in a bottle. He's one of a kind. Oh, so we only had good things to say about Shia LaBeouf. So that's good. I was actually expecting him to say something bad about Shia. Yeah, I was too. But apparently it's not the case. LaBeouf said that although he really enjoyed working with the Transformers 4 director and considers himself michael bay raised uh in parentheses he was only 17 when he first met michael bay which is from the first movie he does not think there's anywhere to take his character sam that has not already been explored lebuff plans to focus on films with more depth and drama so that he could further develop his acting ability so it sounds like it was a mutual decision it doesn't sound like he was fired or let go or anything no it doesn't also shia lebuff also like probably made so much money off of those first three movies that he's like nah, i have enough money I don't know about today, but back then, maybe. Dude, I, I mean... I mean, what's what big things have you seen him in? Oh, no, no, that's what I mean. Like, I think he made his money and he cashed out. Now, all he does is his, like, artsy passion projects. Yeah. And then, you know, being featured on Zoom, looking like an idiot. Well, I, I mean, again, like, that's, that's, like, a passion project. Like, that was an artsy thing. And he's just, like, included in that circle of people. Oh, interesting. I'd love to do some type of artsy endeavor where I'm in a truck just smoking weed and getting fucked up. That sounds like a great yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. He looked absurd. Call it art. You can call it whatever you want. Down. Sign me up, uh, whoever was the director of that. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I, I'd, I'd never watched that. I like only saw the picture or the video of Shia LaBeouf looking like stoned out of his mind. And then the, the Brad Pitt and uh, Jennifer Aniston thing. I didn't watch it. I didn't tune in. I just saw pictures and everyone thinking that Jan and Brad Pitt had some steamy encounter via Zoom in their own homes all alone. I don't know how that even happens. I don't know. I thought it was like quite entertaining, but that was literally all I saw of it. But cool. Well, I guess before we jump into topics, let's like very quickly recap our weekend because like we had a lot of fun we had a good time and i think we have a couple of like little quick stories 
But, you know, just keeping it brief, we had a Friendsgiving at my apartment over the weekend, and Lucas was a crucial part of planning it. I was. And by planning it, he got the group chat together, and then Nick and Brandon did all the actual work. That's what you do when you decide to host Friends. It was very, very fun, and there was only, I think, like 12 or 13 of us, but a good portion of the squad was all of my work friends. And it was funny because Lucas kept calling them my work friends like the entire night. Yeah. They are your work friends. That would have been weird, me coming in and saying they're my... I mean, some of them have now become my friends, yes. But at the end of the day, five or six of them were your friends. (laughs) Okay, all of them are my friends. Okay, I met them through work, but we're friends now. And the thing is, we don't actually like work on the same assignments or anything so the only time i see them is in social situations so i think i think i need to stop calling them my work friends and i'm just going to call them my other friends well it's funny because i do the same thing with my family friends okay all right that's a good point that's a good counterpoint you hear me talking about my quote-unquote family friends but it's not like they're not my normal friends. Obviously, they're my normal friends. And in some cases, I know them better and I've known them longer than a lot of my school friends. So I think it's just the origin of which you know them. And that's just how you continue to call them. I don't know. Okay, that, that's actually a pretty good point. Wait, wait. so what do you refer to so our like friends that we all met at UCSD? Do you call us UCSD friends to like other people? My college friends. College friends. Okay, all right. That makes sense. Because then they're my high school friends. You know, there's different. Okay. All right. I think I see what you're saying. All right. So the other thing I want to bring up that was funny is, one, I got to wear turtlenecks again. And turtlenecks are by far my favorite article of clothing to wear. I love them. Love them, love them, love them. Mm -hmm. It was also funny because Lena said I look like Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) For a split second, because Lena's will always be Ellen DeGeneres. But for a split (laughs) second, you took over the Ellen DeGeneres role. It was just very funny. And I just think that's such a good image of comparing me to Ellen. (laughs) yeah the other thing that i want to bring up as we're talking about like good and bad wine when i was shopping for the turkey i saw one of those like gigantic like three liter bottles of wine and i've been i've always Mm -hmm. wanted to get one of those so i'm finally like you know what screw it like we're doing friendsgiving i'm gonna get this huge bottle of wine so i got the huge bottle of wine i was really excited about it And we poured it into like a decanter and I had like the first glass of it. And as soon as I took that first sip, I'm like, "Uh, this is gross. And as we were like at the table eating, like everyone was complaining about how big the giant bottle of wine was. But after we drank all of like the normal, like the normal size, like good bottles of wine and the bad wine was all that was left. We ended up drinking all of that too. But And I think that's what you're supposed to do. I've always been told this term is don't fill up on the cheap stuff. Mm -hmm. Basically, don't start with the cheap drinks or the cheap food because you want to start with the expensive stuff, the fancier stuff, the nicer stuff, the richer, better tasting stuff, and then finish with the cheaper stuff. And that pertains also to like, if you think about it in the terms of appetizers and main courses, don't fill up on the cheap stuff. Don't eat a ton of appetizers so you're too full to eat the main course. Don't fill up on the, the chips and salsa. Which, it's so hard which to. Which is really hard, which is really difficult. It's so hard not to. Dude, even today, yeah. I was like, I was cooking dinner earlier, and I was making myself, like, chicken pita, pita wraps, but as my chicken was cooking, I bust out, like, the pita chips and hummus, 
and I ate a lot of chips and hummus. And like by the time my chicken was done, I'm like, uh oh, I'm kind of full. I filled up on chips and pita. Exactly. Yeah. It even happens when you're in your own house. When by yourself. <laughs> yeah. By myself, not even at a restaurant. Uh-huh. But all right. So do you have any other Friendsgiving yeah. points? No, I just think because I had Friendsgiving the day after, yeah, and you I did swear too. by the time actual Thanksgiving comes around, I'm going to be sick of Thanksgiving food. There's only so much you can eat. I feel like I gained five pounds just from this weekend. It's it's so hard not to eat everything once, and then you get seconds and then thirds. And I love how natural it is for people to get up and get seconds and thirds. I think in no other situation or holiday or gathering do you not feel regret getting seconds and thirds. It's just like it's it's so much more socially acceptable to get more and more and more food. Yeah, and filling up your plate is so normal. You look over and everyone has their plate covered. People even have foods on top of other foods that aren't even in the same food group or category. Yeah, then it'll be like some crazy combinations. Like you'll have people like putting the cranberry sauce on top of like mac and cheese and then there's like some green beans and stuff jamming their way in there. You're just getting a little bit of everything. Exactly. I'm putting the mashed potatoes on top of the turkey and the green bean casserole on top of the yam souffle. And your bites are essentially a mix of everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I should just take my fork (laughs) and swirl it all around next time. All right. So the other thing that you kind of brought up is that I feel like in most situations, like girls especially, will not make these like gigantic plates. But Friendsgiving is an exception because like as I was sitting down looking at the like everyone's plates and stuff, like the girls at the table had just as much food as Lucas and everyone is just having like monster like dump truck bites of food into their mouth. And like everyone's talking with their mouth open and it's just a good time. I I love Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was the day after our Friendsgiving. I look over at some of the girls' plates and they're almost bigger than they are. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how are you going to fit all that food inside (laughs) of you? You are the size of my pinky finger. (laughs) Good times. Everyone just goes all out for Friendsgiving. I love it. All right. You want to jump into some topics? Did you ever watch The Vow or no? I still haven't. I still haven't watched it. I don't have HBO, like, Max or whatever, Go or whatever it is. Okay, because I watched it, and I'm telling you, it is worth watching. It's worth watching. I know we started the first episode that one night, but we all kind of, like, passed out. Uh, we were, we all yeah, passed that out. was a stupid um, idea to put that on. <laughs> I think everyone, I was the last one awake, and everyone was just passed out with their Mexican burritos yeah. in front of them or something <laughs> that we stopped off to get. The main character, or the main guy who went to jail for 120 years, his name is Keith Raniere. This guy, come like I don't want to give too much away, but we just got a te- we just got <laughs> actually let's just quickly talk about it. We just got Matt who replied to our story or our poll um saying, ha ha ha, I vote Nick in lifting, but Lucas in brute strength. <laughs> so since you made the poll, why don't you kind of discuss that? Uh I mean it's not much to discuss. We're going to discuss it because you made the poll. Oh, I made the poll because it's. I think it's funny and it's like engagement. I like making the polls and I like picking up polls on things that are like usually like silly topics and things that we talk about. But it's been an ongoing thing that Lucas and I, who both like exercise quite a bit, we like argue with each other about um, like who is stronger. And it's been an ongoing thing. And I think eventually we need to just have like a, a full on like Olympic style competition. Mano y mano. <laughs> but I made a poll. But Nick, 
I must say, I'm winning by a long shot. All right, whatever, whatever. It is what it is. We'll see when Nick we actually. Nick is so have, mad right we'll now. We'll see when we actually have this competition. Um, okay, the other part of it that kind of inspired me to like make the poll in the first place is that I I was like just going through my own timeline of memes, and the meme where it's Larry David saying "fuck you," I'll see you tomorrow came up, and I think it's really funny. Okay, so it's not like a, a full-on topic topic, but something ha- happened last night that I thought was like really strange and like I've been thinking about all day. So last few days, Brandon and I have been watching this like Japanese TV show and it's got a bunch of violence and fight scenes in it. So last night we're watching it and I fall asleep as we're watching. I get like woken up or something and I'm like, okay, hey, Brandon, I'm going to bed. So I walk from the couch to my room, and as I'm walking over, he's like, cool, good night, man. I'm going to watch another episode. So I'm like, okay, close the door. I lay down in bed. I'm in my room, and I'm hearing, like, these screams. And at first, I think it's the TV show because there's, like, a bunch of fight scenes. But again, it's a Japanese TV show. So as I'm, like, laying in bed, like, falling asleep again, I hear these yells. And then all of a sudden, I, it clicks in my head that, the, that these screams that I'm hearing are in English. So I like lift my head up and I listen a little bit closer and I realize that it's a woman outside my building somewhere screaming, help me, help me, help me. Like he's coming after me. Help me, help me police. And I jump out of bed and I like am looking out my window and I can't see anything. And so, and then I still hear the screaming. So I burst out of my room and Brandon's just watching the show. And I like as fast as I can run on the balcony to see if there's like someone outside that needs help. And as soon as I get out to my balcony, I'm like looking around, like I don't hear the yells anymore and I can't see anything. And then there wasn't like any police sirens or it was like, it was just dead silent out in the city. So I thought it was, it was crazy, but I've never been in like a position where I've had to like help someone or like save someone before. So I kind of want to bring up like if you've ever been in a situation like that, or how do you think you would react if like you're walking down the street and someone like runs up to you and is like, help me. Like there's like a, an ax murderer coming after me. Actually, I just thought of a memory that where a similar something happened that I did actually step in. So this was when I was 19 or 20 years old. I went to a Steve Aoki concert in San Luis Obispo. I went with some friends and we were in the crowd and a girl is full on having a seizure or she fainted or something. And there's a big circle around her. No one's doing jack shit. I'm looking around like, I literally yell, what the fuck are you guys doing? Someone do something. I literally pick her up and I run outside of the circle and I take her to the nearest medical tent. It was like Walter save a hoe. (laughs) Where the hell I decided to swoop in. And I swear to God, because I was also drunk. I was having a good time. it's literally, it's Stevie Oki, so it's practically a rave. And this girl is clearly dehydrated or something. And my friends are like, Lucas, you picked her up and we're out of there in two seconds. We didn't know what the hell was going on. And I just took her to the medical tent and that was that. And I gave her their phone and stuff and I never heard about anything. I assume to this day she's fine. I, I'm sure they took care of the situation. Yeah, that was a very interesting night to say the least. Well, that, I mean, that's a cool story. I don't think I've ever been in that situation where I've had to like, I don't know, save the day or anything like that. That is that is pretty cool though. The other thing that now like I'm re- being reminded of is so like, 
over the summer for Fourth of July. Lucas, you you were here for this. Like we all went out to dinner on Fourth of July, and as we were at dinner, our we, we had a female waitress, and she was like taking our order or something. And some like older man came and like slipped uh, like a dollar bill in her back pocket and like patted her on the ass. And then he just like walked away, and all of us stood up and were like, "What the fuck was that?" And we were like talking to our waitress like. Who is that guy? Like, why was he doing that? Like, that was so creepy. And then she explained that it was her dad, mm-hmm. which was still pretty weird for him to do that. Um, that's even weirder. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was odd. But I mean, it was like first instinct of all the boys to like stand up and be like, we didn't like that one bit. Yeah. We have finally turned the corner where that is very socially unacceptable. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we should. Uh, keep it there. We'll take a break and we are going to have Taylor Futch on a recent new friend of ours, also a mutual friend and should be a good interview. We will be back. Cheers. Cheers. And we're back from our break with our friend Taylor Futch. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? We are doing absolutely amazing. Taylor is an extremely special guest, and we're really happy to have her here today. Uh, we are recording, of course, like via Zoom, as Taylor is currently in Florida, and both of us out here in California. But I kind of want to just like jump into a whole bunch of stuff that we have lined up for today. Do you want to give all of our listeners like just a little bit of a, a background on who you are and what you do? So I am... Wait, should I say my age? No, okay, I don't know, don't know how much of yeah. a background. <laughs> yes, well, Taylor, we need your social security number. We need your license plate number. My height. <laughs> yeah, m- multiple forms of identification. Okay, okay. Uh, my parents' social security. Um, so my name is Taylor. I currently live in Miami. Just graduated from FAU in Boca. Congrats. And my interesting hobby is, I guess, traveling alone. So I love to travel and Lately, I've just been going alone. I've been to nine countries alone. Yeah, and just to clarify with the listeners, the way we know Taylor is through a mutual friend because she was traveling alone to San Diego and we were kind of set up. You came to join our friend group and go out with us. I guess it's a blind group date. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> with all of us. But we had a great time. We met up with some other of our friends in San Diego. And we kind of learned about all the places you visited and how you live your life. And we think that that's amazing. I mean, it takes a lot of bravery to travel on your own, especially as a beautiful woman like yourself. So, yeah, tell us about that and some of the places you visited, too. First, I would start with my first out-of-the-country experience because I find that one kind of interesting. Um So I traveled within the States a few times alone when I was 16, 17, and then when I was 18, and then um, I was working for Red Bull at the time, and it was Christmas time, and my boss was like, you guys can't take off because you have to work during Christmas. And then just one day she was like, nope, you're good, you have a two-week break. And I was like, I originally wanted to travel somewhere, and she said no. And then all of a sudden we have two weeks, so I was like, I don't want to sit at home for two weeks. So I was at my parents' house, and I was like, how crazy would it be if I went to Iceland tomorrow? And they were like, uh, what? And I was like, just, are you guys going to put me in an insane asylum if I go tomorrow? And they were like, no, I mean, we support you. Like, it's something that you would do. So I booked it. And then I went back to Boca where I was living at the time, packed all my winter stuff. Good thing I was here because I keep winter stuff here. So I brought some with me, but I packed everything. And the next day I like 
noon. I was on a flight to Iceland, five, six hours. And I actually, while I was there, I met one of my best friends now. So it turned out to be an amazing trip, but it was during winter. So there was only like four or five hours of sunlight. So I kind of had to pack in everything. Wow. Yeah. But I got to um, try to look for the Northern Lights, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. I hear in Iceland you can do like a mock Vikings dinner. I don't know if that's something you did, but you can go and sit and have a Vikings meal with actors dressed up as Vikings. Yeah, we, I didn't get to do that, but we did get to do an Icelandic tradition, which is um, what you do is you have a little piece of fermented shark. Fermented shark, yeah. And you, yeah, you chew it yeah. five times, and then you say skull, and then you have their liquor, a shot of it. And it was one of the worst things skull. I've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> it was the worst taste, of, one of the craziest things I've ate. And I mean, at least I did it. I wouldn't do it again, but it's for the experience. I was going to say, like, my family is, like, from Eastern Europe, and we do something really similar for Christmas where it's a shot where it's, like, you smell a piece of rye bread, and then you, like, have a bite of, like, essentially this fermented fish, and then you chase it with, um, like, the shot of vodka, and then you, like, bite into the bread. Really? Like, we do it every Christmas, and it's the worst thing ever. Like, you have to grow up eating, like, a lot of that, like, pickled and fermented fish and stuff. Otherwise, it's just, like, totally inedible. Yeah, I guess they do that. That's their Christmas tradition too now. So they eat yeah. fermented shark during Christmas time and Yuck. That's a that's a no for me. Um, Taylor, so you mentioned the four to five hours of daylight in Iceland and I was only there for a layover going to Europe, so it's not like we got to really experience that. But what was that like kind of waking up and going about your day and not really knowing, I guess, what time it is? Yeah, it kinda made things harder because obviously you wanted to explore and I was only there for four days. So, for example, one of the days I had like an eight-hour excursion where I was going to go to some main areas. So you would start your excursion at nine and it was dark and it didn't get light until, say, around, I don't know, 11, noon or whatever time it was. And so half the excursion was in the dark. So when we got to the the famous tectonic plates, we got to see the sunrise, but it was rising when it was like 11. It was kind of weird. And then you kind of, you just had to hurry. That's the thing. It it was very rushed. Mm -hmm. But why I would go in the winter is to see the Northern Lights. So we did get to have those excursions. And the first night we didn't really see them. So they would let you go again. So we went the second night. We could kind of see them. We got pictures, but it just, the weather didn't really cooperate. But um, when you go during the winter, it's just kind of things are rushed. You got to really figure out what you want to do so you can do everything. Yeah, you have to plan everything. You have to yeah. tell the weather what it should be doing that day <laughs> and then where the sun should be at a certain time. I know what you mean. <laughs> it definitely it makes things a lot trickier. Like when I was in the town, I knew I only had so much time. So just like walk fast, eat fast, get it all in. But yeah. What I was going to say is I have like a kind of a question on that topic of like planning stuff out. So I think it's a common thing to want to travel alone. But one of the things that makes it difficult is like the logistics of it. It's like where are you going to stay? Where are you going to go? Like especially as, as a girl, I'm sure you're thinking about way more things than like Lucas and I would think about. But I guess how did you get into being able to plan out these trips like by yourself? So people always ask me, I don't know if this is kind of on topic. People are always, they always ask me like, how do you find these things? And honestly, all I do is I Google cool things to do in Iceland or cool things to do in Italy. And then I look at the top 10 and I just literally start going down the list and I do them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But another really good way to plan your trips is I'll go on Expedia 
and they'll have, say, day trips in London. And then they list all the bullet points of where they go. So that's all the main attractions. So then I decide, like, that's where I want to go. So that's how I kind of plan. Mm-hmm. When you're going to a foreign country where they speak a different language or they have a language barrier, how do you avoid as many obstacles as possible? Um, I've traveled mostly in Europe. I would say one of the most foreign places is Thailand that I went alone. Um, I do try to learn a little bit of the language before I go somewhere like that, just kind of out of respect. So I know how to say hi, bye, like, thank you, yes, no, just to kind of get around. Mm -hmm. But I've been fortunate where I haven't had a huge language barrier. Yeah, a lot more people speak English than I think you would imagine. It's very universal and they can you can get around a little bit. So um, I really I haven't had a big issue. Yeah. At the top of your head, if you can just roll a deck, the countries or the places you visited for our listeners to get an understanding. Okay. So Iceland, Italy, Germany, Amsterdam, or um, Netherlands, Slovenia, which was the most unique. I'm trying to think. I've been to Thailand. Dang. Yeah. I mean, if you want me to like get a, if you want me to get a list, I can. I no, 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 no. That's good enough. That's good enough. Usually like I look at the map and I'll remember, but it was, I've done a lot of Eastern Europe. And then Thailand was the first place in Asia that I've been. I was supposed to go to Singapore, but I got food poisoning in Thailand. Ooh, Uh, yeah. That happens a lot. Yes. As soon as you start going to Asia, all it takes is one bad bite. And us Westerners are so, like, unaccustomed to Mm -hmm. the food that it is. I've been to Thailand a couple of times, and I have fortunately not gotten that unlucky. But I've seen a lot of people who are out for the count for like half their vacation because they had one bad like spring roll or something yeah i didn't realize how common it was for people to get food poisoning i wish i would have known that before i would have just looked out more and i was that was the trip where i was like mm-hmm. i'm gonna get out of my comfort zone and try new yeah. things and of course that's when i get food poisoning and end up in the hospital <laughs> so yeah now i'm like you know what maybe i should just stick to simple things next time i go there i might mm-hmm. just have granola bars or something <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, that's part of like just looking up on like the Expedia. Like, like there's so many different travel blogs mm-hmm. and stuff of people who just like go around. So it does help to like do this research and stuff. Like I know when I go to Asia, like I don't use tap water for anything. Like even to brush my teeth, I'll like use a water bottle for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like when you're in the shower, you be like careful that you don't get any of the water in your mouth or anything like that. Yeah, that's what I've learned because I picked that place because I thought it was really pretty. And I should have mm-hmm. maybe read reviews on it. So that is, and it's all a learning experience. <laughs> you know, you learn as you go. So that's just one thing. Next time, yeah. I might look into a restaurant more before I choose it. Yeah, but the thing is, there's something fun about like going to like the kind of sketchy spots. Like I sometimes know they are the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you just go to like what essentially looks like a hut with you know just like a little canopy outside, and there's like a, a greasy dude like in pretty much just a tank top in the back making Thai food. And, like, that might be, like, some of the best pad thai you have the entire trip. It was a 24-hour bug, so I could have continued my trip. But another thing that made it difficult was that I was alone. Yeah. And that's a time when being alone isn't so fun. Yeah, you want to be careful. That's actually a question that I was going to ask is, you know, a lot of times when people plan trips, a lot of the things preventing them from following through with the trip is because they have no one to go with or because no one else is willing to pull the trigger and book a flight with them. So 
has this always been something that you've wanted to do? Do you choose to go independently on these trips or kind of tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so at first it became a thing because I couldn't really find anyone to go with. The work schedules never lined up or it was always an excuse. So then one day I was like, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. I just want to go. And I read a quote where it was this lady, someone asked why she travels alone. And she was like, basically, if you wait for someone, then you're never going to go. You know, life is short. Okay. So if yep. you're waiting to go to China and then the time never comes and something happens to you, well, then you never got to go to China, you know? So um, mm-hmm. I just decided that I wanted, I didn't want to wait for anyone. I just wanted to go. And then that happened a few times. And then now it's to the point where I don't think twice. If I want to go somewhere, I just book it. Like I went to Canada and I just, I booked it and went. And then someone's like, well, you should have asked me. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think. And people are like, you're going alone. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I just don't ask anyone. and That's just what you do. And I'm not against traveling with people. Yeah. It's just sometimes it's just easier to book it yourself and not ask questions, you know. And I, I know what you mean because, well, there's the side where someone can be like, oh, you should have asked me. But it's like there has probably been times where you've asked certain people and then they just can't go or they have another commitment or whatever. And that's not on them. But it's like you want to go on this trip. You're not trying to wait for anyone else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, people are like, yeah, I want to go. I want to go and you start looking at hotels and then they're like oh i can't or you know what never mind or they don't pull through and that's kind of a disappointment yeah exactly and you get so excited for a trip and then you're like oh now i'm not going well i really wanted to go yeah so now it's like well if i really want to go i'm gonna go yeah you just make it happen Mm -hmm. yeah and people think um a misconception is that i'm kind of opposed to going with someone or i don't want to travel with someone i'm totally for it and i will tell people hey i'll be in new york this weekend if you want to come come if you don't that's okay if you want to meet me we can do stuff together but i'm getting on the plane and i'm going to new york and i kind of have given going on a trip alone some more thought because it's like when you realize it when you go on a trip by yourself you don't have to wait on anyone you can go at your own pace your own schedule you can visit the places you want to visit so you're not necessarily relying on a group to make your travel plans yeah, it's, it's really nice that you can kind of do whatever you want. If there is something, a site that you want to see, then you can go do that. And you also get to learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. And you become very comfortable with yourself and you gain a certain type of confidence too with this mm-hmm. whole thing. So, um, yeah, and also another thing is I love meeting people. I was just going to say that. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things. And even just like sitting at an airport bar alone or when you go out to eat and you sit at a bar and... If you're with someone, then you're kind of just talking to them. You're not seeing who's around you. But when you're alone, you kind of have to come out of your comfort zone and look around and be like, oh, should I talk to this person? You look over and someone's alone. So then you guys become friends. So that's yeah. one of the, my favorite things is meeting people. Definitely. Yeah. Like you said, when you're in a group, you're traveling overseas or to a different place you're probably going to stay with your group and you don't really necessarily need to meet other people. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you're by yourself, you have to open up. You have to let your guard down. It's that sense of pride that you have to throw out the window and just get up and meet someone. I guess you have advice for people on like taking that first step. Because I I, I can understand like how intimidating it might be to be like in Rome at a restaurant and going up to like say hello to someone. Yeah, I still have my moments where I do get scared. But I think the thing is, is that everyone is human and everyone has a story. And a lot of people are scared of meeting other people or going places. And there's scary people in the world, but there are a lot of good people in the world. And that's one thing that I've noticed. Just there are a lot of genuinely good people. 
who want to have good conversations. Like and us. You can, yeah, and you can learn from them. And you can make friends. I have friends now in so many different states and countries. I have a friend in Africa right now. And it's really cool because you just never know who you're going to meet. So I guess you have nothing to be ashamed of if you just want to go up to someone and be like, hey, like, where are you from? But I think just taking that first step, you really have to force yourself, even if you want to go on a trip alone. People ask me, they're like, how do I start? You start, you just have to book it without thinking. Yeah. Just book it. And then you're like, oh, crap, I'm going. You just have to force yourself, jump into it. And it's going to be very uncomfortable at first. But that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah. If you could think of one of the best experiences that you had while traveling, what would it be? And where did you travel to? One of the best experiences, it, I was going, I was in Canada. I was in Banff, Canada. It's a place I've always wanted to visit. And I went to a hostel bar. Kind of, It was a recommended bar. So I went to it and I became friends with the bartender. And he was really cool. He was telling me about the area. And then the next day I was walking down the street. It's a very small town. I was walking down the street and he was like, Taylor. And I was like, oh, hey. And he was like, oh, I just got off work. Do you want to go grab a drink? And one of my rules is never turn down like drinking with a local. If, an off if a local like offers you to go get a drink with them, go because you can learn so much from them. So he was like, oh, do you want to go grab a drink? And I was like, yeah, let's go. So we were talking and I was telling him my story and he's from Australia. So he's just kind of like working abroad. He doesn't really have a plan, just working on hostel bars. So we were sitting there and we had an hour long conversation and then he pulls out a necklace and it has a, it's a key and it says inspire. And he was like, I actually bought this necklace and I wanted to give it to someone who inspired me one day so that they could pass it down. It's kind of like this tradition thing. And he was like, I think that you fill this position. Like, I want to give this to you. And hopefully one day you're going to have a conversation with someone and pass it down. And kind of the thing about that is we're never going to really know where it goes, but it's just always going to be in someone's hands. And I think it's a kind of a cool tradition he wanted to start. He got two online. I think he bought them from Etsy, but there were keys that were used before no one knows really mm -hmm. where they came from. But um, I just thought that was really touching that he thought that I was inspiring. And I kind of can't wait when COVID's gone and stuff, when I can travel again, just to meet someone where I can give that to them. And I think that inspired me to have deeper conversations with people. Because for me to kind of give this key away, I want to really have a deep conversation like we did and get to know them mm -hmm. and just like what inspires them. So I just thought that one was really meaningful. That was a really meaningful interaction that I had. Yeah, and that story is inspiring as well to go out and do something similar. It sounds like we should go to more bars with Australian bartenders. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, go to the bar alone. You never know who you're going to meet. That's probably one of my favorite stories. And then being in Iceland, I am part of this um, female traveler Facebook chat thing. So it's um it's a Facebook, a Facebook group. It's like a yeah. it's a Facebook group for traveling. Yeah, there's like three hundred thousand females in it. Oh wow! So what you do? Yeah, there's it's a huge like community. So that's how you kind of can get tips on what to do, where to go. So one thing is usually when you're somewhere, you post in it like, "Hey, who's in Iceland?" So I posted like, "Hey, I'm in Iceland. Is anyone here?" And this girl randomly was like, "Yeah, I am." So I was like, "Hey, let's meet up for a drink." I didn't want to go to the bar alone. And she came and met me at my hotel and we went to the bar alone and she brought another friend and the three of us, we became all best friends. And now me and the girl that Caitlin, I originally met every Christmas, we travel together now. So last year we met up in Toronto and then this year we're trying to meet somewhere. So it's just really cool that I made a lifelong friend off from just like going somewhere alone. But also, I don't know if I should recommend this to people, but 
Another thing I like to do when I'm traveling is if you have like a Bumble or a Tinder account. Yeah. It's always like not the safest, obviously. Please like be careful. But I usually will have like just my Instagram handle on it and people will message me on Instagram. And that's how I made a friend in Thailand. And he was like, oh, do you want to go grab a drink? And Thailand was a place where I was kind of intimidated to go out alone. It was a little um, mm -hmm. peepee island. So we went out and we got a drink and ended up going to like a beach party. And it was the best time ever. Now we're just friends on Facebook. So wow. that's another way if I'm not like actively like going out, then sometimes that is kind of a good way to meet people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right. So a another like travel thing that like I guess you were about to start when you visited us in San Diego is that you took like a van around America. And that's something, especially like with COVID, we're not able to go to Thailand or Europe mm -hmm. or any of that stuff anymore. But we are able to like rent a van and then like just go through the US and there's so much stuff here in the States that most of us like probably haven't seen before that is like definitely worth it. But I know like a lot of people have talked about getting fans, but I think you're the first person I've interacted with that has actually done it. Like, can you give us like, a little brief thing on like what van life was like? Yeah, so um, the backstory on that one is I was in quarantine for three months and I was going crazy, I couldn't go anywhere. So I was like, how do I adapt? You know, we're adapting to working. So I was like, how do I adapt to kind of this lifestyle? And I want to explore. So I was like, you know what? Uh, the United States, there's so many hidden gems. Like there's so many beautiful places that I haven't explored. So I was like, I'm going to go on a month long trip. And for a week, I'm going to rent a van. So I did some research and I actually had a friend who was doing the same thing. So she recommended this company and I was watching YouTube videos of people living in vans and always thought that lifestyle was really cool because you can just sleep anywhere, go anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. Possibilities are endless. So the one real quick caveat is like my little brother's super into mountain climbing and he took my mom's old like Toyota Sienna minivan and turned it into his camper. And uh. it is absolutely disgusting. But he's also just like kind of messy. So it's like, I know like the, the pictures of like the van you had, it was all like really clean and pretty and like Instagrammable. But whenever people say van life, the first thing I think of is my brother's like BO smelling Toyota Sienna. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> van life definitely has like the yin and yang to it. There definitely is. Mine, it was more like this whole glamping van. It had um, a queen bed in it. It had a stove, mm. microwave. It actually could have two beds if you pulled out the top. It was a really awesome van. But yeah, I, so I started in LA and then I went to Arizona up through Utah and then across Nevada to San Francisco. And then I kind of hit all the national parks. Yeah. And um, I did, Zion was my favorite. And the parks weren't really that busy because of COVID. So it was kind of nice. You could park this big van and go hiking. And you didn't have to worry. Mm -hmm. It's just like, because of COVID, you can be outdoors. Yeah. But my favorite thing mm -hmm. when I go places, like Hawaii, I'll rent a car. And it's to not really have a plan or a destination is just to drive. And then you can always pull over. See, if there's a really pretty river, you can just pull over and jump in and go swimming. And then you come back and change and then you keep driving. So that's one of my favorite things to do. So the van made that possible. I just had a big changing area <laughs> versus being in like a little car. That's awesome. That's awesome. And kind of some of the things we talked about when you were in San Diego was that you have a drone and you, yeah. you get footage of all the locations and 
I love that because I also have a drone for the Not Not Down podcast. And, you know, Nick. Oh, okay, here we go. Nick kind of gives me shit, but I'm really stoked and I can't wait to travel again because the reason I bought this drone was to take it on adventures and to get footage of all these awesome locations. And so the fact that you've been able to accomplish that is very inspiring to me personally. Um, how long have you had your drone for? Um, I would say... Almost a year now. It lasted me a year. Uh, unfortunately, that trip it hurt my drone, so I have no. I no longer have my drone right now. No. <laughs> Wait, did you crash it? I didn't <laughs> crash it. So I was. It actually happened in California. The sands uh, got into the drone. Oh yeah. And then I got the sand out, and I was flying it in the Salt Lakes in Utah. And something happened with the engine, and and it just took off, and I was it was really hard to land it. Oh, shit. So now every time I try to use it, it says there's an issue with it. But the Mavic Two just came out, so I kind of want to get that maybe for Christmas. <laughs> I thought you were about to say that you crashed it like right into the lake. No, I haven't done that yet. I know, and I thought you were gonna say it took off and didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> it almost didn't. I have a video where it like took off, and I was recording myself, and I I was running for it. It's so funny. It's like a little clip of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the having a drone is a really good way to get footage of yourself while you're traveling. Also, mm-hmm. you know, if you're alone, no one can take your picture. The drone's like the perfect cameraman for you. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people ask me how I take my pictures alone too. So I don't know if you guys have your own like iPhone tripod. Oh, we have a tripod. We don't have like the iPhone attachment. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, though. that's like the perfect. Everyone's always like, yeah. "Can you take your pictures?" And I just put it on like a little iPhone tripod and. Put on like 10 seconds and run back, get into my spot and do your thing. It's really easy to take your pictures. Yeah. I, I, like people seem blown away by that, but like, I feel like it's not actually that hard, right? No, it's not. Well, I feel like now because yeah. of TikTok, people all have like the tripods, but before. Yeah. I've seen That's a video of, of like someone on the beach doing it too. Just go to the beach, like in general, you'll see at least one person doing <laughs> like either like a, like a workout video or some sort of TikTok. That's crazy. One of the two. All right. So like another thing I want to ask is you've been talking about all this traveling you've been doing, especially like with this van thing. Like I know you and I talked about it before, but what do you do for work that allows you to be like this flexible? So before when I was in college, what I did is I just worked and saved up. And then whenever I had little tiny break, I would leave. But now I was kind of researching how do people make money while they travel? And I was kind of going down the list and I found a freelancing website. So I do freelancing marketing. So I'll work for agencies or just like different odd jobs, outreach, data entry. So um, this website, I don't know if I can plug it in here. It's called Upwork. So a lot of people who travel full time use it. And it's absolutely wonderful. And if they sue us, they sue us. We don't have anything. (laughs) I didn't know. I was like, like (laughs) this is free advertising. Yeah, no, I didn't want to like if you guys wanted to advertise. But no, that's what this girl, I think she travels in a van also. And she was talking about that. And I did more research and I was like, like, you know what, that's really cool. I kind of want to do that for now until maybe I can do drone footage for hotels. I'm, I had a plan where I wanted to go to Europe and work in a hostel or something and kind of bounce around, but obviously with COVID. So I've just been uh, freelance marketing. And along those lines, how do you keep your expenses while you're traveling at a minimum so that you can be in these countries and not spend a lot of money? Yeah, over time, I've learned a lot of tips and tricks. So one of the main ones um, was staying in hostels that kept the cost down really low. Even if you go to Hawaii or, you know, um, it doesn't have to be out of the country, you know, within the States, Miami has hostels. So hostels, I would stay in all female hostels. Oh, that's good. That's all female. 
yeah, I don't, I don't like the mixed gender ones just to be safe, <laughs> but yeah. So you can go from spending a hundred dollars on a hotel to spending maybe twenty, thirty dollars a night. And especially when you go to Europe oh. and um, Asia, it's very cheap. So I do that. And obviously if you can try to cook at home, I keep my eating out cost low and when I'm traveling, I'm always on the go. So I really only eat once a day. And then I try to use... That's a great diet plan. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm losing weight and I'm saving money. No, I just like, because I'm always, I'm always on the go. I'm not one of those people who just want to stop and eat everything. I'm just like, I'm more of like a sightseeing I know, person. I, I know what a you A lot mean. of people are like foodies and I'm, I'm fine with McDonald's, honestly. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I should probably like eat more hey. unique places, but hey, you don't get food poisoning from uh, McDonald's, so. <laughs> you look great. So I think McDonald's diet once a day is working for you. Um. <laughs> There's a really good app like Skyscanner where I book all of my tickets. Yes. Yeah. I, that saves you so much money, especially those kind of last minute ones, like the one going to Iceland. And then um, I have like a travel rewards credit card. So I do get a lot of cash back when you're out of the country and then I save money. There's no currency fees or exchange fees. So that's pretty convenient too. So just as that you go, there's very a, convenient. a bunch of little tips and tricks. So That's awesome. We're kind of running out of time here, but I did want to ask, now your parents, because a lot of women in particular, their parents won't allow them to go on trips. Now, I know you're an adult, so you technically can do whatever you want, but what do your parents think about you going on all these trips alone? Um, I've been independent from a young age. Okay. And I'm the older sibling, I'm the oldest, so they've kind of trusted my judgment. And they've, I've always been pretty responsible. But basically, if you would ask my mom, she would say that I'm going to do it anyways. So they just keep the communication open. And I hate to say that, but it's just, I don't know, it makes me look bad. But <laughs> No, I mean, no, hey. I, I saying, it really is bad, but my mom just knows, like, if I really wanted to do something, if I put my mind to it, I'm going to do it. So I just do better with open communication and not being held back. So they trust me. They trust my judgment. We had my sister on not too long ago, and she's similar where she kind of books trips, kind of similar to you. But my parents have felt a certain way about her going on these trips and stuff like that. But she's going to do it regardless. You're going to do it regardless. Why not just keep the communication flowing, make sure you're safe, and, you know, let you do what you're going to do? Yeah, if they let me do it, then, I mean, they have my location. I'm very honest with them. And if they were like, no, don't do it, then I would do it. And then I would be kind of hiding, sneaking around. And mm-hmm. that's something you can't really do when you're in a different country because things can happen. So my mom, actually, she volunteers for missing people. Wow. So she has, she stresses a lot with me. If, if you yeah. don't respond, she'll Liam Neeson your ass. <laughs> she'll come after you. <laughs> These are particular set of skills yeah she sees that and she she worries but i'm pretty smart i've doing it for a while so we just you know hope for the best but knock on wood i've never had a bad experience i've never had a scary encounter with anyone cheers to so, that yeah we're gonna keep yeah. it that way 100 it just keep up the good vibes i feel like yeah. you just like have like a, a good attitude about things like be smart you know as a female um be aware of your surroundings pepper spray, don't wear flashy jewelry. There's some things you learn, so just really be aware of your surroundings, you know, no dark alleyways, stay yeah. in more crowded places, and you're, you're really fine. You know, the world's not as scary as people make it seem to be. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's like, even if you just like start looking at travel, like there's so many like Secretary of State advisories about like how the world's falling down and stuff, but then you actually go there and it's like not that bad. Yeah. 
Just a little bit of political instability. That's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not going to ruin your trip. Yeah. No, who cares? Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. When I was in Thailand the first time, like, living there, there was some pretty significant political unrest, but, like, didn't affect me none. There was no political unrest, like, at the bars in Bangkok, so <laughs> yeah. I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. It looks like you're in Miami. You're at home. What's next on your to-do list? Where will the world find you next? Well... I will be in New York City this weekend alone, <laughs> yeah. but wow. um, I've, I've been going to Tulum, Tulum, Mexico. Uh, a lot of people have been going there. Okay. I have been wanting to go to Tulum so freaking badly. It is amazing. All these pictures that I see on social media, it looks beautiful. And every, it's kind of one of the only places that are really open right now, so a lot of people are going. But yeah. the aesthetic hmm. there, just like the the vibes, the music, the food's amazing. And it's from Florida. I know you guys are a little far, but from Florida, Miami, it's like an hour and 20 minute flight. Oh, shit. Yeah, the flights, you can get a spirit flight is pretty cheap. So yeah, a lot of people have been going there. So it's just, it's one of my favorite places right now. And the water is so blue. The sand is amazing. It's a really awesome place to go. When you so, say a lot of people are going, is it like packed or... It is fairly packed right now, yeah. They do have, like, a curfew of one. But, yeah, um, yeah a, a lot of people are going right now. But, yeah. You're going to have to let us know how New York is. Like, both Lucas and I have been, like, talking about going to NYC for a while. But, you know, since lockdowns are coming back, I think they're relocking down New York. Yeah. Or- yeah, everything's going back in lockdown. So, um, depending if you know, what Florida's going to do, I'm probably just going to stay home for a little bit. Yeah. Makes and just sense. hope it passes over, you know, be smart. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be supporting traveling right now. You know, it is, it's a very serious matter. Just be safe. Yeah, I, I've been tested mask. every time I come back. You know, Miami is like fully open right now. Really? We just fully opened and everyone's kind of shutting back down. And I'm curious because I think Florida is, or at least Miami, our mayor was like, we're not shutting down again. Florida likes to kind of, they're in their own world. Yeah, they're doing what they want. Yeah. We're a different breed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they march to their own drum. There's even, like, gyms here in San Diego. Like, San Diego's re-locked down. Like, we reimposed all of the restrictions on gyms and stuff. And there's a couple places here in San Diego that are just straight up saying, like, we're not closing the doors. Like, the police are going to have mm-hmm. to come and, like, shut us down. There's some of that in here in L.A., and I'm like, oh. It's like you're giving them a side eye. You're like, I don't know if we should be doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can see both sides, but um, it's it's a... It's a hard time right now, and you know, no one knows what to do. No one's been through this before. I literally got an email today from my work, and like they originally had this, like, we're going back to the office January 4th date. Email today, like, got rid of that date and said, we'll figure it out throughout 2021. So, reading between the lines, I'm not going back to work. Like, probably ever. I think it's pretty cool that everything's been moved to remote work. So, you can kind of work from anywhere. That just means we can travel more and yeah. just like buy vans and, you know, Lucas could be driving. I'll be in the back auditing and we'll flip off. You guys should move the podcast on the road. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, should, we should just do that. Just have like podcast week of Nick and Lucas in a van, but not a, not like a pretty van like you had. Like, get a, <laughs> like a real dump. <laughs> and then it would be like Survivor. Who kills the other person first? <laughs> Update us weekly on like... How's it going? Like, what's happened? I think that's a good idea. No, we'll just live stream the whole yeah. thing. It'll be a week straight of Lucas and I oh. arguing. That would be fun, though. I would watch it. It'll be like Man versus Wild. Yeah, Man versus Wild mixed in with, like, Stanford Prison Experiment. So Yeah, with weird animal noises. They're like, did that come from an animal or out of Lucas's mouth? 
<laughs> You'll like start making noises and then like moose and bears will start coming out of the forest. All of a sudden it's like Noah's Ark. Every single type of animal starts coming towards the van. <laughs> yeah, but in, how did that happen? Yeah, instead of an Ark, it's like a, a 2004 like Chevy Astro. <laughs> Yeah, that we're like Flintstoning our way across the states. I like it. I like the idea. Okay, well, Taylor, this was great. Is there any last words that you want to tell people that are waiting to book their trip or they're just waiting for that nudge to just say, fuck it, book it? I think that you should just do it. You know, life is really short. What's the worst that could happen? You know, you can... Nothing. Yeah. A lot of yeah. <laughs> if we're if we're talking about like um, after COVID and stuff, just you know, get out of your comfort zone. Nothing good comes from your comfort zone, you know. So, go out there, meet people. You really never know who you can meet, what could happen out of it. Like I said, life is short. Do what you want. Don't wait for anyone. Be not not down. <laughs> be not not down. That's that's what I was waiting for. Be down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be down. Not not down to travel alone, but Taylor, this was so awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, it was this great was really talking dope. to you guys. We can't wait to hear about your upcoming adventures, um, following you on Instagram. Yeah, I have to get a new drone. Yeah, get a new drone. Show Lucas how to fly the drone so he doesn't crash it. I still want to see those night shots, though. Did you ever uh, fly it at night? <laughs> Hell no. I'm not that skilled yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm getting there. But tell people where they can follow you just so they can see where you are on these trips and get to experience the world virtually. Okay, so my Instagram is at tfutch, T-F-U-T-C-H-H. There's two H's. Two H's. Perfect. Your Instagram is awesome. Thank you. I'll keep updating it. We'll see what the future brings. Hopefully I'll be, hopefully living in Europe within a year or two. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Well, cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers to that. Well, thank you guys for having me. Of course. All right. Awesome. Alrighty. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be back. And we are back. Special thanks again to Taylor. That was a fun interview. It was a fun interview that we haven't recorded yet. <laughs> that we haven't recorded yet. It's always funny, like, sometimes, like, with our scheduling, like, Lucas and I will record either before or after we do our guest interview. This is a scenario where we are recording beforehand, but I can already say it's going to be an unbelievably good interview. I'm using my fortune-telling skills and my mind-reading abilities, and I know it is going to be a good interview. Yeah. Hey, it's, I mean, pretty much every interview we have is like the best interview ever. So I I don't doubt us. We're pretty good at this. 100%. Okay. So I have a quick topic. I wanted to discuss Oregon becoming the first state in the nation to decriminalize the possession and personal use of all drugs. Nick, what do you think about this? It's one of those things where I think it makes for a lot of really funny meme accounts and, you know, jokes and stuff. Because, like, the the one I've been seeing around is, like, people now just, like, are opening up crack dispensaries in Oregon. So I find it amusing, but I, I also haven't, like, researched it. I get the sense that it's, like, probably something similar to what they do in Amsterdam, where mm-hmm. essentially... All they're doing is they're not locking people up for a bunch of years if they have like a small personal amount of drugs yeah. on them, mainly because they don't want to throw all these people in prison uh, because it's like costs a lot of money. Yeah. So instead, I think they'll send them to like rehab or something like that. No, 100%. 
But you know, what's what's your take on it? So I just want to continue reading. So basically, the possession of drugs such as heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine will no longer be punishable by jail time, but instead amount to something similar to a traffic ticket. <laughs> yeah. You could essentially, you know, get a cell phone driving ticket or you can get the possession of meth. But yeah, no, kind of to go back to what you were saying was kind of makes sense when you think about it. In the past, some of these people, quote unquote criminals, which in my book, they're not criminals, are being locked up for close to a lifetime for just possession of drugs, whereas they're facing similar sentences to murderers and people that should be locked up and committed violent acts. So in the long run, it doesn't make sense for them to be locked up for such acts. And it should just be like a traffic ticket. Obviously, we don't condone the use of drugs or anything like that. It can really screw your life up. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's sometimes like I think it's weird. Like, okay, you know, who are the people that are like probably going to get caught with heroin and meth? Like, it's probably people that are in a bit of a rut anyways. So... Do you think they're really going to pay their their drug quote unquote parking ticket? Like probably not, but I don't know. It hopefully maybe the money or there'll be some kind of funding instead of like sending people to prison. Maybe you send them to rehab. Exactly. Or, I think they should be sent to like an AA or some type of drugs anonymous DA. I don't know. I'm sure they have some type of program to. It it is what it is, but um, whatever. But yeah. Okay, so I thought that was an interesting topic. Um, what did you want to talk about? So today I got some good news that uh, our company is handing out a um, Christmas bonus. So we get the Christmas bonus and my coworker pinged two people. She pinged me and then she pinged like another person that she was starting with. There were two instant reactions. My co-worker's first reaction was like oh my god i got a christmas bonus i'm gonna buy so many presents for my family but then my instant reaction was like oh my god i got a bonus i'm gonna go on vacation and i'm gonna party with this money <laughs> so obviously there's two types of people there's two types of people and i realized that i am the selfish type where my first thought was like, I, dude, I'm going to go to Nashville. I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to go get a table. Like, I'm going to do all these like fun things. Yeah. But then other people are being selfless and thinking of others. So I'm pretty much like the, the Christmas Grinch, but I, I, I don't know. Like, like, Lucas, what do you think? Like, it, if you just find out that you got like, you know, a bonus. What are you going to do with the money? Like, what's your first thought well, here's the with thing. the money? I mean, I already have to get gifts for my family. So that's going to happen regardless. Just because I get more of a bonus from my work doesn't mean my family is going to get more expensive of gifts. That's stupid. Why would I? They don't. What? They don't deserve that. I mean, they're already getting gifts. I'm not going to make their <laughs> gifts more expensive. Um, if my family was supporting me, sure, I'd give them more gifts. But no, it's going to... My trip to Hawaii, my trip to Mexico, my trip to Peru, all over the world. Goodbye. <laughs> I mean, that was my instant reaction. But now I feel like kind of guilty. I'm like, Ugh. like, I'm really that guy where like my first thought was like, me, 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 me. Here's the thing. My family has had everything. My mom has had everything. My sister has ever, has had everything. My brother growing up got everything we were all spoiled it's not like they need anything else and to be honest it's hard shopping for any of them to begin with that's the way i see it i don't know i 
Yeah, I, shopping for your family is weird because it's not like I'm going to buy my mom like an iPhone or something like that. Um, usually I just try and find something like maybe call it thoughtful, but something not like crazy. Like I don't I don't buy my family like electronics. Um, I would say my sister is by far the worst to shop for. So growing up, my sister would cry over every present. Nothing was ever what she asked for. She would literally open up Uggs. Like, Uggs are expensive. She would open up Uggs and be like, these aren't the ones I asked for. That's how annoying she was as a child. And it hasn't changed. So at this point, I'm like, Sierra, tell me what you want. It's not going to be more than $100. You know, you're going to get either a gift card or you're going to get partial of what you asked for. Because if you're asking me for a $250 gift, I'll chip in $100 for that. But that's about it. I mean, I think that's fair. I, I don't know. No, none, of, none of my brothers like have, I guess, that expensive of taste. So I'm a little bit fortunate in that aspect. I also have only brothers. I don't have any sisters I have to shop for. Okay. Um, that was a good... Did you bring that up or did I bring that up? I brought that one up because I, I talked about like my, my bonus. Yeah. We're going to call this podcast, Where Were We? That's going to be the new name of this podcast. Yeah, Where Were We? Is Where Were We? Yeah. It's also so late. Lucas and I are recording on Tuesday night. It's eleven, and yeah, we're doing we're doing the best we can, sweaty. Um, okay, <laughs> on that note, let's close out. Everyone, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can listen to us on all major streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Now there's Amazon, Stitcher. Follow our Instagram at Not Not Down Podcast. Follow our Twitter at Not Not Down Pod. Don't forget to reach out to us if there's anything we said um, that you would like to comment on, or you have concerns about, or if you just want to give your input. I don't know what Nick. What are you looking at? Okay, I was looking real quick to see if we have any new reviews, and we have a new one. And I'm trying to read who, like, what the name of it is. Just say what it is. Just say what it is. I mean, the review is not not down pods. The only thing that gets me through my Thursday workday. Truly, no better way to get hyped for the weekend. So that was very nice. But the name of it is this is Tater McCrazy. I don't know. Well, thank you, everyone. Oh, oh, it's Taylor. Well, thank you everyone for who leaves a review. I'm like dyslexic and I can like not read the names of this. Nick is unwell. <laughs> okay. Thank you everyone again. Don't forget to tell your friends, share with us, post on your social media. Also, more people have been, you know, listening to this, people that we don't even know um, through word of mouth. So continue to do that. We love hearing about it. And yeah, anything you want to say? No, that's it. Just make sure to follow our, our social media stuff and like keep reaching out to us. We we love clearing the air and like we especially love it when people like comment and give feedback and make fun of us and, and do all of the above. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, till next week, we will see you then. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Meow.